Ovest, Lorenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa, che da Gaudio! È il magnifico, il magnifico, il magnifico rettore! Entertainment capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but! Oh, Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Quedó largo, pifió. Messi la tiene, Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol. Right here, TC Martin Show, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, the earthquake in the house as well, too. Do you realize how many people will stop me and say, where's the earthquake? Is, there, is the earthquake still alive? He was such a big part of the show, and we don't hear him anymore. I go, no, he's still alive, number one. He still wrestles occasionally. Don't know if he can get into his singlet anymore, but he is here. And he does pop pop in every once in a while. Quake, why don't you come over here and get get the mic? Seriously, people are always asking me about the Quake. They miss the Quake. I think I created a monster. The singlet's kind of a doublet these days, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but but but, you know, I I, I'm not one to talk. So you know, but but ever since you stole them away from Vince McMahon, you know, I I think he uh think he wants to renegotiate their contract now. That could be. All right, hour number two, TC Martin Show. Todd Dewey's going to join us. A little bit later this hour from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, T.J. Reeves. Always great stuff uh, with him last hour. Uh, you can go back a little bit uh, you know, forward, uh, and we will have that interview up there with the rest of the show at tcmartinshow.com. The Quake has graced us with his presence. He's going after the hot mic right now. I got the hot one. That's why I'm back a little bit yeah. from it. Uh, yeah, I've been spending the last uh, uh, 24 hours working on your best of show for the next for the Ooh, two days that you're off. Right. So why, why don't you uh, go ahead and give people a sneak preview? Yeah, we've got a, a couple of best of shows coming up Thursday and Friday so that everybody can be off. Uh, present company included, I actually get a, a day off too. So we'll have some uh, interviews from Frank Caliendo and Trevor Maddich. Who else is on that? Uh, some other good ones. We've got Sinbad and Asia Wilson. Sinbad and Asia Wilson. Uh, also, like, uh, hope, we're hoping Sinbad has a speedy recovery, yes. man. And we, we should uh, mention that. That's that yeah. one of the... One of the reasons why I wanted to do the best of, because mm-hmm. Simbad, a, a great friend personally, but also just a, a great friend taking time to be on the program, uh, you know, when he can. But uh, he has been in some failing health. He suffered a stroke about three weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, our, you know, uh, prayers go out to him, his family. His family has requested privacy. I really haven't talked much about this publicly. You guys know that I posted some stuff on on social media, Facebook and Twitter, but uh, just kind of giving the family privacy right now. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's got a long road to recovery, and he, you know, is, uh, wants to get back and performing soon. But, uh, yeah, just very, very sad. So uh, we hope 
one of the greatest comedians we've ever seen uh, gets back and gets into some better health. Yeah, we're thinking about Sinbad. Uh, so I'm glad he that interview, and it's a great interview with him and Asia Wilson. So, yeah, some really fun interviews. Uh, we'll have a couple of good days off, but you'll still get your T.C. Martin fix. Uh, so that's what I've been working on. All right, Quake. You know, you, like I said, you've, uh, you know, people are asking about you. The wheels are still turning around here. Somebody's yeah. got to drive this bus. I know. People thought around here that you checked out. They thought you checked out on the bus. Oh, I would love to. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Any, I, any truth I, to that, Quake? I, I think about Have checking you out, out. I think about checking out all the time. Have you checked out the Hotel California? <laughs> What's the line, Frank? I mean, you're great at this. You know, it's the... Uh, the only place you can what yeah oh you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave there it is yes. hey I heard uh, I heard ballpark got a little steamed uh, <laughs> yesterday with with that uh, with those with those drops with the uh, the ballpark commercial I don't know what you're talking about yeah. <laughs> Justin the numchuck was playing them for me <laughs> little sore spot on the show yeah a little sore okay spot. I'm sorry Frank, I didn't mean to bring Frank, it Frank doesn't like it. I, I I overreact to something sometimes but I'm comfortable with who I am you know so wait is that almost like a semi-public apology? No. No, don't apologize. <laughs> no. That's you know, awesome. you know, you know, I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan, right? You know, one of the things that Woody Hayes said years ago was a real man does what he does and takes the consequences, good or bad. I don't apologize for anything. Yeah, I apologize if it affects other people around me and it hurt them in any way. But for what I do, what I've done... It's what I do, and I'll take the consequences, whatever. <laughs> and I don't know if he said it, but I'm going to say he said it. Didn't John Wayne say apologies are just a sign of weakness? I don't know. You have to ask Cartwright <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Uh, okay. John the, Wayne, by the way, was a football player. Oh, okay. He was. So probably yeah. said that. A, pro- a, a really good football player, and then he blew out his knee, and that's when he got into acting. Kind of like the rifleman. Yeah. Wow. Chuck, Connors. Chuck Connors. There you go. Exactly. Now, the other rifleman, as you probably heard, and we've talked about this before, Chuck Person, in some hot water, and, and Auburn announces today that they've given them themselves a self-imposed postseason ban because of the former rifleman, the basketball player, uh, uh, Chuck Person, had a great NBA career with the Indiana Pacers, Auburn alum, but you know he was an assistant coach under Bruce Pearl, who, as we know, been had a very shady and shaky uh, coaching career. Uh, got himself in trouble at uh, UW-Milwaukee and Tennessee, and here we go again at Auburn. So self-imposed ban. A lot of people are thinking like, hmm, you go in and you pick this season, give yourself a self-imposed ban with COVID because we don't even know if there's even going to be a basketball season, college basketball season. Boy, can you imagine? You know, we're talking about all the football cancellations. And last weekend, 16 games. Now that counted the Tuesday, Wednesday, and I think a Friday game as well. So 13 on Saturday and the other ones as well. But with the basketball, how many we've seen teams dropping out of tournaments already? Then one team is back in a tournament that they already dropped out of because another team just dropped out of it. it. Could you imagine handicapping that stuff or putting lines up on in a situations like that? Because games are going to be canceled constantly. We just saw Clemson and Florida State canceled. How many basketball teams potentially could be going to a site and going, "Yeah, you know what? We're not going to be tipping off tonight because yeah, can't play." Yeah, and you look at, uh, so tomorrow night, basically the college basketball season gets underway. UNLV has a home game tomorrow against Montana State, and Duke was uh, was was playing tomorrow night and uh, against a, a lower-level op- opponent, but it was going to be on ESPN, and now they got a game canceled. You know, again, so you're dealing with network television here. I think we're going to see more and more of this, and I understand that this all started with March Madness and college basketball coaches and, and players and fans, boosters. They are... They are chomping at the bit to get back on the court. I, I don't know if they are. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to, but how many games? And then how many games before we 
get going here and maybe it's all cut off because as we say we get into winter here and we all said this back in March. Well, this thing's not you know, it'll, it'll be done by maybe September, October, uh, yeah, November, last year, right? right? Yeah, last year right before Just, March Madness is when we saw everything cut out. Exactly. Here it's out are. of control. Yeah. Look at Numchuck. He's got the clock for you, oh, which he, is I would great. I'd never do that. Yeah, well. Uh he's uh, he's Johnny on the spot on the drops. Yeah. When are we going to get this guy to talk? Yeah. No, he doesn't. He can't talk. You heard, remember we tried to put him on the mic before? And My, it was so putrid, we, how, we couldn't do it. How are his phone answering skills? Have they improved? You you need to work on him. That's why you can't be I don't think you, there's any working on yeah, him. You're, you're just, like, <laughs> Look, if we're the Marx Brothers, I'm Grouchy instead of Groucho, and he would be Harpo. He just plays the music behind the scenes. All right. <laughs> hey, Quake, before we let you go, yeah. uh, I know that... Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday. It is my absolute favorite holiday. Okay, so give us what's on the Quake menu at home. It's pretty traditional this year. Normally we have a big, we have all the family over at our house. This year, just having my parents over. Right after I go get my COVID test tomorrow, so I'm going to make sure I'm getting the rapid test. Make sure that I don't Wait, have is it. Is there something I need to know here? Is no, there a re- no. Is there a my family, my wife, back off. My wife and As kids. He just took the mask off here. Oh, great, great. My wife and kids are quarantined. Uh, they, they are all. My wife works for the school district. She's been at home, so I don't. We don't have to worry about them. But I do commute to and from work, so just to be safe for my parents, I'm getting a test tomorrow. Having them over, so it'll just be six of us. Pretty traditional. It's going to be uh, a regular old turkey that I'm am going to brine uh, tomorrow. So brine. He's brine the brine. turkey. You should always brine your turkey. You'll never have dry meat. D- define brine. Uh, brining is where you uh, soak it. Uh, with the turkey, I'll probably soak 18 to 24 hours uh, in like a bucket uh, in the fridge, a sanitized bucket with a mixture of salt, sugar, um, some uh, allspice, some bay leaves, just whatever sounds good. Uh, and what it does is it actually takes all of the juices out of the turkey that are already in there and then it re-plumps the turkey with all those flavored juices that you put in that brine and it makes it an incredible uh juicy turkey you never have dry meat you don't ever have to. i've been brining for about 10 years now and it's it's changed my turkey life gordon ramsay here ladies and gentlemen i got it from alton brown it's alton the brown alton there you brown go brown brine and the uh turkey roasting recipe so with that potatoes i make my own cranberry sauce uh make those from scratch uh potatoes we'll do the heavy cream on the potatoes for for Thanksgiving, it's, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it all the way. So we'll get the Yukon Gold potatoes with the heavy cream, uh, making gravy from scratch. We'll stuff the bird. I stuff the bird. I don't care what people tell me about salmonella. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah, pretty much that's it. And then my mom makes a homemade pumpkin pie, so it's going to be a pretty traditional Thanksgiving. Oh, and green beans and uh, green beans and uh, and and uh, mushrooms. Like a green bean mushroom. Didn't he start this off by saying pretty basic or simple? That's pretty traditional. Traditional? Yeah, Yeah. that's a pretty traditional Thanksgiving feast. And then uh, that sounds like about ten hours of prep and about eighteen hours of cleanup. It's all pretty easy. It's all pretty easy. Well, the the brining the turkey stuff I find interesting. It's kind of like when the. Rolling Stones used to do U.S. tours, and they'd have to take their blood out and then reinsert it because oh, they had yeah. too many drugs in it or yeah, something yeah. like that. So uh, I brine all I brine everything except steaks, so like pork chops, uh, chicken breasts. You can brine everything, and it makes it. It's look up brining; it's incredible. So, are you fasting yourself before Thursday? I mean, I'm just eating a norm. We're having a, yeah. like normal okay. dinners and right. lunch. Yeah, nothing. He's special. slowing himself. He's not right. fasting. And you're going to be. <laughs> I'll have a small breakfast. I'll have a small breakfast uh, Thanksgiving morning. Probably skip lunch because we'll do dinner at like four or five. All so. right. So then you're going to be ready to get back to work on Friday. You're going to be running the show here. Aren't be you? here. I, I'll I be think, here Friday. How are you going to roll yourself in here after that menu? Well, I'm automating your show, so nobody <laughs> will have to be here. <laughs> He's brining himself over the weekend. Yeah, I'm brining myself <laughs> over the weekend. Now, how, how much ketchup do you put on your turkey? No ketchup at all. Shame on you, Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, tell, <laughs> tell that story, Frank. Yeah, That's part of a terrible Tuesday. All right, well, Patrick Mahomes recently did an interview, of course, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, he was asked, he, he loves ketchup. Apparently, he puts ketchup on everything. Puts it on steak and eggs and whatever he's eaten. He even puts it on mac and cheese. So the people doing the interview said, well, Thanksgiving's coming up. Do you use ketchup on the turkey? And he said, absolutely. Turkey's very dry. And they were like, you're joking, right? And he's like, you guys know me better than that. He said he uses ketchup on the turkey. If they have turkey and ham, he puts it on the ham. He puts ketchup apparently on everything. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, he's, he should be ashamed of himself. should have a Super Bowl ring taken away for that. The turkey's too dry. Brian the turkey, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I put ketchup on one thing. I'm thinking about it. It's only one thing I have ever put ketchup on. Fries? Nope, don't do that. Wow. I'm a salt and pepper guy with that. Hamburger only. Only yeah, okay. on my hamburger. I can't. I don't put on anything else. I like a little ketchup on like some hash browns like yeah, when I go out I, to breakfast. I can't do it. Just a little. Yeah. Well, you know, now when you think about it, that commercial that they do when it may, when he's like emptying the bottle in it and he goes, oh, do you guys want some? Makes even more sense, doesn't it? Because that's what he's doing. He's emptying the ketchup bottle on his food. It's true. I go. liked the Chiefs up until this moment. <laughs> He's a jerk putting putting ketchup on everything. Mac and cheese. Jerk. Mac and cheese and ketchup. Now, I don't use ketchup for anything. You know I don't yeah. use any kind of... Yeah. The, the only thing I have in my house that, if you consider pepper a condiment, that's as close as I come. Don't have salt. Don't have sugar. Don't have any ketchup. And mustard absolutely disgusts me. Wow. How can you be from Chicago and not put mustard on a yeah. dog? When my when I used to live with my brother, when we shared an apartment together, if I would be eating and he'd come home from work and make himself something to eat because he loves mustard, mm-hmm. he'd make like some chicken breast or something like that and put some mustard. As soon as I as soon as he opened up the mustard and I smelt it, I was done eating. Wow! I either put it, I either threw the rest of the food out, or I put it in the fridge to eat later or something like that. I mean, in reality, I should probably open a jar of mustard at my house and go on a fast for like a month or something like that. But the the smell of mustard absolutely disgusts me. Do you like uh, do you like pickles? No. Anything pickled? No. Yeah. If, if pickle juice gets on my See, plate and it gets on a French both. fries or a we bun could, or something like that, they must be thrown in the yeah, garbage. I feel him like and we, I are on the same page. We there. could do a whole hour on ballpark and his eating habits. <laughs> They're interesting. They're interesting. My 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 mom's mother. Didn't like me. Well, I mean, because I was named Frank and somebody apparently named Frank stood up at the altar, which I never knew when I was a kid. But when we were kids in that, because I was so fussy in that, she used to try to force me to eat all the time. Oh. And and do, she made something once. She told me she made hamburger, and it was a old Swedish dish called frikadella. That's hamburger with some oatmeal and some other stuff in. She actually shoved it down my throat. I got oatmeal? up. Oatmeal? I spit it out at her. She had a hip replacement. I knocked her down, and I was like eight years old, and I started walking home because we used to have to spend the summers with her. My one what brother came. My brother Charlie came after me looking for me because he was going to get in trouble if I walked home. And he's like, you don't even know how to get home, do you? And I was like, hmm, no, I really don't. But I know if I keep on walking down Route 31 here, when I get to Algonquin, Joe's Tavern is there. And I know Dad goes there all the time. So I'll just wait for Dad to show up and then I'll go home with him. So I think Quake's uh, menu (laughs) could only be rivaled by the big seven-footer. And we'll find out tomorrow uh, because he he, he does it up big time, too. Yeah. That's that's the one day. It's the holiday I love the most. And it's I put my heart and my big uh, cholesterol-filled heart and soul into that into that holiday so oh, good well are you going to yeah. be wearing an american shirt tomorrow instead of a canadian one? Oh yeah a little uh well what's tomorrow oh, <laughs> or be, thursday thursday yeah, yeah i'll probably wear golden knights tomorrow <laughs> yeah a yeah, little uh Sporting i got in your winnipeg because canada does have a thanksgiving but they it's do over. that was yeah it was in october right <laughs> yeah 
Shout out to uh, Benowitz. We're, we're up in his city. Yeah, in yeah. Winnipeg. There you go. Very nice. All, <laughs> All right, right, I'm getting out of here. All right, Quake, uh, thanks for stopping by. We, yes. uh, we appreciate it. The, the Quake is still alive and uh, made an appearance here today. There you go. Mr. Brian. Mr. Brian, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Amazing. Do you know today is an anniversary, a sports anniversary today? And well, what, there's it's some kind of anniversary of all the time of uh, something, uh, but uh, of course, I, I'm, I'm assuming you have something in particular you're talking about. I, I do, and the only reason I I did this because this was I, I actually watched I think this entire game or, or close to it. It was two years ago to the day. On this day, you had the wildest football game probably in history from the college variety. Texas A&M beat LSU in seven overtimes. I don't know if you remember that game. It was two years ago, 2018. Final score, Texas A&M, 74-72. Went for two at the end to uh, to win by two. Upset LSU. Yeah, seven overtimes. Now, did they Think have to that. go for two back then? Because I know if, if after, the, so third many, after the third overtime, you have to go for two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then I know some conferences have made it now where you don't even have to go for the two anymore after a certain amount of overtimes. You just do two-point conversions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think the under-over in that game was a 59-and-a-half. So uh, there you go. I, do the math there. 74-72. 146 points were, were scored in that game, and it lasts like five-and-a-half hours. A lot of basketball games don't go that high in the yeah, scoring. exactly. Certainly in the college level. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty good anniversary. I didn't get a chance uh, to... Uh, asked T.J. Reeves. He actually is going to be broadcasting the Iron Bowl. Him and Tiki Barber are going to be doing the radio. Uh, they had an exciting finish a few years back. You got that right. And if you remember, too, uh, Auburn upset Alabama last year. Gave Alabama its only loss, regular season loss. So uh, Alabama has got this game circled on the calendar. and always is. But a great spot for Alabama. And, and Mac Jones, who was filled in for Tua last year at this point in time, had two big interceptions. So uh, at least you know he's played against Auburn before, so uh, looking forward to this game. You know, coming up this weekend, the Iron Bowl's always always great. It doesn't seem weird because we still have at least a few more weeks of college football, and then we're having some of these rivalry games that are taking place. Even though this is the traditional weekend that would be like the end of the college football season. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is normally when Ohio State, Michigan is. There I you mean, go. you know, there's so many games: UCLA and USC. USC I yeah. mean, there's a lot of games like that, so it is kind of weird. And and like you said, and then we do have some conferences that are ending their seasons, and other conferences that are only halfway through their season or something, and hoping that they can finish out the season. And then we have a conference like the ACC, who's rescheduling games all over the place, trying to figure out a way to play out most of their seasons for a lot of the teams. So, yeah. It is kind of crazy, and it, it takes away a little bit, too, not not just the fact that the fans aren't going to be there in the stadiums and things, but also when you have these things, like we had Bedlam last week, we have the Iron Bowl here, you have a lot of these games, and they don't have that same luster because they're not on the traditional weekends, or they're not the same lead-up to it and everything, because first off, I think half of us are crossing their fingers that the games actually get played, and then they are at different schedules and that kind of stuff, intermittent. So it's a, it's nothing, nothing is the same right now in 2020. But, um, you know, still look forward to them. But what, I, what I'm most happy about in this game coming up is the fact that Auburn, after that didn't look like a very good team at the start of the season when they started in that Georgia game, is playing better football now. So maybe they can have a game out of it. This line is Alabama 24 and a half. Well, I said maybe. 
Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing with Auburn. I mean, like you we'll said, have they, to, we're not going to see money line. What's his play on it? Is this a good money line bet? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I mean, that's an automatic money line bet. Yeah, if you want to lay, you know, a twenty thousand, uh, you know, win a hundred bucks or whatever. Well, he he had the fifteen uh, fifteen hundred one on the one game yeah, this year. This is true. This is true. Our, Maryland and uh, our guy Moneyline who comes yeah. to the Cosmopolitan each and every Friday. But you know, you know, Friday is. Usually a a big Thanksgiving Day weekend you know, for college football for sure. So I'm I'm glad that we only have a handful of games at this point in time that have been postponed or canceled. Uh, so the Friday docket is staying pretty good intact. And, and the Irish are actually going to be playing on Friday. They're going to play North Carolina at twelve thirty. That could be a game. And don't forget UNLV. Uh, unfortunately for for fans, they can't go to the game. But UNLV does have a home game against Wyoming, and they'll kick that off at 1 o'clock at Allegiant Stadium. But, uh, again, UNLV allowed fans, up to 2,000 fans, for the first two home games. Their last two home games, they said, no, no no fans uh, are, are going to be allowed here. So that, that's too bad. But I uh, want to take a gander at what do you think the line is, Wyoming against UNLV Friday afternoon? I'm assuming that Wyoming's favorite, but it shouldn't be by very much. I mean, neither team is playing very good. Exactly. Wyoming's got one win. Yeah. Take a guess. Uh, three and a half. Sixteen and a half. Wyoming sixteen and a half. Exactly. I mean, don't you have to take UNLV in that situation? You don't have to if you want well, a I mean, winless it, team. It, but you're right. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, conventional it, it, wisdom I mean, says yes. This is a game that UNLV is actually pointing at as a chance to win a game outright, mm-hmm. or at least some of their fan base. And that is now. Let's see if you'll say the same thing if when I tell you what the score of last year's game was. They played in Laramie, fifty-three to seventeen, Wyoming. Right, and, and, and I kind of, now that you mentioned that, I kind of remember the little bit. But sometimes games just get I, out of hand, too, and, you know, yeah. the snowball becomes the avalanche. But, but boy, 16, I mean, yeah. it, it, and UNLV, they've got to be pointed to this as a chance to win a game. Yeah, they are the biggest uh, home underdog of anyone uh, that weekend. I mean, I guess it makes sense because UNLV, even when they've played competitive this year, their tendency is, you know how we – what do we see teams, successful teams, do all the time now? Going into the fourth quarter, they all hold up four fingers because yep. they've conditioned and they've gotten the proper uh, – you know, if we can keep it close, the fourth quarter belongs to us. UNLV has not had good fourth quarters. You know, if they're close in a game, it usually gets out of hand in the fourth or a lot of times it's out of hand before that. But, um, boy, you, you would hope that UNLV can – at least keep this game close. You would think so. You would think so. But again, if that avalanche does start rolling, you know, and and that's the problem too. When you don't have a win up to this point, at what point do the kids start quitting to play? Mm -hmm. And you don't ever want that. And you always hear that, oh, well, they fight up to the end regardless, and that's what we love about them. But it is kind of human nature. When you haven't won a game all season and you get behind, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you just hang your head and go, here we go again. Yeah, and that's what uh, a lot of people think about the Jets. But if you watch the Jets play now that they're 0-10, they do play hard. And you heard Frank Gore Poor Frank Gore. He gets you know, tossed around basically the last few years of his career, keeps hanging on, and is still very, very productive at the running back position. And Frank Gore said the other day, he goes, I can't go out like this because more than likely this is going to be his last year. I'm not sure anyone is going to want to pick him up next year. But he still looks pretty good. He's on a very, very bad football team. You feel bad for this guy because a lot of people say, this guy could be – he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And people don't realize that he's third all-time on the rushing list behind – Walter Payton and Emmett Smith, right? And that's pretty good company. Exactly, <laughs> and he's still doing it. 
And this guy could go out in, in a winless season. He goes, I just need one win. Just give me one. He goes, I can't go out on a winless team. But they, and he said, they are playing hard. They, they really are. Not saying that UNLV isn't, but you know, people just think, hey, when, when a team is tanking or they're playing for the number one pick next year, you know, that's not the case with the Jets. And they were getting blown out, and they made it close. They had a chance, actually, to tie the game in the last possession until they turned the ball over on downs against the Chargers. So, I don't know. Um, final note here before we step away, and we'll bring Todd Dewey on after the break. Uh, UNLV basketball starts tomorrow night. And uh, it is a home game. Again, fans are not going to be allowed against uh, Montana State. Uh, there was going to be a lot of optimism. I still think there is some optimism. But anytime that, that crowds and boosters and students, fans cannot go to the game, especially the Thomas and Mack Center, it's going to go under the radar. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. No one's even really talking about UNLV starting the basketball season. And luckily, they're going to, you know, they're, they're pretty healthy. But 11 newcomers this year on T.J. Altselberger's uh, squad. And uh, we will, he will be visiting with us uh, during the course of the basketball season. Uh, couldn't make it today just because they have practice at the same time that we're on the air. But uh, UNLV in action uh, at home tomorrow night. Yeah, at home tomorrow night. And, and again, one of the reasons that it's flying under the radar no Midnight Madness this year. That's true. I mean, that was a yeah. big thing to yeah. really springboard a lot of teams' programs, and it wasn't the case. Right. It's just another thing on a terrible Tuesday. Exactly. And no oh. more KBO either. Yeah, it KBO. Is terrible. I know. I promise we will get to the KBO. I know you're dying for that because the game, and, and I did. I saw the highlights today just so because I knew that Frank was going to bring it up. Todd Dewey's going to join us. We'll uh, visit with him, talk about winners, losers of the sports book. Uh, some good movie references will be in there as well, too. Always fun with Todd Dewey. T.C. Martin Show on a terrible Tuesday. Now, now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. That boy's good. The Dr. T.C. Martin. Don't forget, get yourself the William Hill mobile app and get your chance for free money. That's right. Open up a William Hill mobile app account. Take advantage of the free promo. That's right. Use the promo code TC50. You do that. You deposit at least $50 into your account. You'll get a free $50. You cannot beat that with a baseball bat. You like that? Even though the Korean baseball season is officially over. But, yes, we'll get to that. Uh, William Hill. Would that be your rapper name, TC Fifty Dollar? Yeah, TC Fifty. TC Fifty Dollar. I like that. I got that. TC Fifty is the promo code. So go take advantage of that at the Cosmopolitan or any of the great U, uh, uh, William Hill U.S. You got me all tongue tied here. You William Hill U.S. Yeah, blame there it on go. me. Jeez, I got to. I got it. That was horrible. Can we start over? Can we do this again? <laughs> Mulligan. Mulligan, exactly. <laughs> All right. No mulligans here with our good friend Todd Dewey from the Las Vegas Review Journal. What is going on, my man? Not too much, TC. Frank, how you guys doing? Man. Happy good. holidays. Happy Happy Thanksgiving weekend coming up to you as well. Exactly. All right. So I get up this morning. I love reading uh, Todd's column in, in the RJ. And what's he do? The first sentence, he's busting out rounders quotes. I love it. One of my all-time <laughs> favorite movies. That's it. And look, you quoting a little Teddy KGB, Todd? I love it. Listen, here's the thing, TC. If you can't spot the sucker in the first half hour at the table, then you are the sucker. <laughs> Is it bad that I can't spot him usually? 
I love it, man. I love it. There it is. Give me a little Kanish sighting while we're at it. Is Kanish around there anywhere? Or is he in a bathrobe coming out of a sauna? You keep grinding out that, that rent money, Kanish. It's noble work you're doing. <laughs> it's kind of like it's me. Man, I don't know. Money. I like quoting movies all the time, as a lot of us do. And uh, I just uh, seem to think of that. You could go with the Bad Beats uh, one all the time, too, and uh, Mike McDee. In Confessions of a Winning Poker Player, Jack King said, few players recall big pots they have won, strange as it seems, but every player can remember with remarkable accuracy the outstanding tough beats of his career. I think we could all relate to that one. Whoa! I hear the boy talking. Very, very strong, man. Yeah, see, see, Todd, we can go, uh, quote, movie for movie. I think we went round and round with Pulp Fiction one day. and we got, I don't know. Oh, that we, was the one. I was trying to think what we were talking about yeah, last time. I, yeah. think it, I, think, I think it was Pulp Fiction. Then when you oh, went round. Yeah, there, there it is. That's one tasty burger, brother. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. And you're not talking about the quarter Check pounder. Check out the brain on Brad. Yeah, the big brains on Brad. There it is. So tell me, who's got who's got more movie quotes in their columns? You or Ron Kantowski? That's what I want to know. I don't know. That's a good question. It is. Yeah, Ron definitely goes back to some nostalgia all the time. I don't put that many. I should start putting more movie quotes because when I go golfing or with my buddies, that's all I do is uh, quote movies. You should. You know that. I mean, it'll get you on the show more. I mean, because we'll sit there and talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of all the different movies. I mean, I could just quote a bunch of them from sports ones to mob ones comedies you know i think growing up caddyshack and animals are probably the originals oh yeah Rowan stripes oh yeah Bill murray movies now now all the will ferrell movies you know old school wedding crashes right. i mean they're kind of old now themselves but but those are uh classics as well no. mob movies yeah did you get a free bowl of soup with that hat <laughs> yeah oh wow it's a Ugliest hat I've ever seen. <laughs> you get free bowl of soup. Hey, Whitey, where's your hat? <laughs> hey, looks good on you, though. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. Rod, Rodney's my all-time favorite comedian, too. He's got a million uh, one-liners. Yeah, my, my favorite sports movie might be Slapshot, but uh, a lot of those things you can't say on the air. <laughs> this is true. Little, you, you're talking about a little, some high-sticking in that opening scene. You can scene. talk about some of this stuff. Hmm. You know, like you can say exactly, they teach you how to you underline know. in college. You just can't say the line after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Quoting Bronx Tale back and forth the other day. You can't say all those lines either, like Chaz and Palm and Terry. They ruined my whole effing lunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Collogional. Values can't leave. That's it. Take a shot, Collogional. You've got to take a shot. Uh, so I took a shot. You Put him in the bathroom. I don't want those face, that face looking at my dice. That's yeah, Eddie Mush. There was a classic. Mush. Mush was fantastic. Guy couldn't pick a winner of his life depended on it. Went over to Aqueduct. Yeah. Could, could not pick a winner. You got to love that. Oh. Yeah, he starts tearing up the tickets and the horse is even in the lead when he knows Mush has it. There it is. There it is. That's Todd Dewey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, straight from Hollywood. There it is. And down the stretch they come. All right, so a big Sunday for the books. Obviously, six outright upsets because I know you wrote in your column there were five, but you know you, you count last night's game where the Rams were an upset yeah. outright winner as well, too. So, uh, yeah, it seems like the dogs were barking big time this weekend. Yeah, like uh, I was looking back, uh, weeks eight and nine, the books won big, and dogs went 19-9 against the spread with 12 outright wins, upsets. And then this past week, as you said, eight and six against the spread, and 
six outright winners. So whenever they get a few big dogs, and plus the Jets and the Raiders uh, both covered too. So whenever all those dogs come in, uh, that's when the books do good and the public doesn't do as good. So it's been a little bit of a rough stretch for the public. When it comes in like that, I mean, and one thing that we've talked to some other people about before in the past too, of it's like how much of it is the straight bets that that affects and how much is those key games on parlay cards and parlay bets? Yeah, well, that's a good point because even if uh, they don't cover the spread, a lot of the times uh, if the favorites just win, uh, it's good for the betting public. But So when, when a team wins outright, uh, you know, like the Cowboys and uh, some of these other ones, uh, yeah, burns all the teasers and all the money line parlays that are so popular now. So, so whenever uh, books books get the outright win, that really helps them out. Like I think last week when the Ravens – against the Patriots on Sunday night, they were saying, like, just the Ravens, just the win would have been a six-figure loss. And so for them to win outright was uh, was huge. So, that yeah, whenever they could get the outright win when a, you know, against, like, a six- or seven-point favorite, that's definitely a big difference for the books. All right, Todd Dewey joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. can catch him a couple times a week uh, writing about uh, sports gambling, betting, all that stuff, as well as other stuff as well, too. Todd, let's go back a little bit, and I think a lot of people would like to know how you got this this column or this beat, so to speak, uh, and, and is this something that uh, the prerequisite or the resume is that you have to be a degenerate gambler to go ahead and, and, and write about betting? Kind of, it's kind of like going back to a movie <laughs> quote, like Rudy, you ready to lead us out, Rudy? I've been ready for this my whole life. There it is, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been ready for this ever since a buddy of mine handed me a parlay card when I was in ninth grade, and I'm like, ooh, this looks really fun. <laughs> there, there it is. And a, buddy, and a buddy of mine in high school, his dad was actually a bookie, Big Pete. And uh, we called him because, you know, it was Big Pete and his son was Little Pete. And so, yeah, I've been betting for a while and, you know, might have dabbled a little in college, uh, putting in bets for the guys and stuff. But I I covered pretty much everything uh, for the newspaper over the years. And when Matt Humans, who's at VEASAN, you know, was the betting columnist for years for the RJ, I would help out on occasion here and there, write a couple of betting stories and help him out on vacation and whatnot. And, and when he left to go to VEASAN, uh, January 2017, um, they asked me if I wanted to take over the beat. So I, I jumped at the opportunity. And so, yeah, that, that's how it led to it. I've been, I've been covering it ever since. So, so finally, I'm recouping some of those losses of being a degenerate all these years and getting paid to do it. There it is. You you mentioned the thing with just kidding. You, you only me- half kidding. There. No 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 no. <laughs> you, you mentioned Vizen and Matt Humans and things like that. How has the uh, the city and just the general thought about wagering and gambling and that changed in the last few years that you've seen it? Because Vegas used to be a place that every pro sports went away from. Now they're all chomping at the bit and dying to get in here and that, and gambling is now embraced. I mean, everybody thinks like it's something new. I remember back in the 70s when I used to watch WBBM Channel 2 News in Chicago, and Johnny Morris, the old wide receiver of the Bears, had his blue plate special back then, so it's always been going on, but now it's way more accepted. Yeah, like growing up in the New England area in the Boston Herald, they used to have a guy named I Am Better, and he would always have you know his picks column in there, and and we'd always look to see who he liked. And, and, you know, they'd have all the writers doing their picks. But it was still, yeah, kind of, um, 
you know, in the, in the dark alleys and corners for years. And yeah, we all remember how the NFL wouldn't even run an ad for Las Vegas on the Super Bowl. And um, yeah, all it took was, you know, they finally saw much money. They can make some money off this. And, um, you know, once uh, they, they overturned PASPA and spread the, the way for, for, for it to be legalized across the country, now it's just completely different as, yeah, it's embraced by the mainstream media and widespread legalization. So now they have, you know, a bunch of different TV shows and radio shows about it. So it's definitely been a, a big difference on them embracing it after all those years. And kind of funny how, you know, the, the sports book directors are always have said they've always been looking out for the integrity of the games and been able to spot a fix whenever there was one, such as that Arizona State basketball one years ago uh, that the Vegas books discovered. Right. But now all of a sudden all the leagues are you know saying uh, they wanted integrity fees at first. Of course, that's what they called it. To, to be able to take the bet. So, you know, the bookmakers are saying they've been watching over the integrity for years, but it's mostly a money thing. You know, Todd, I, I was pausing there a little bit earlier when we when you were talking about that last question, when you were talking about, you know, college and parlay cards, and I was trying to think of the movie, and it just, and it just hit me, the Kevin Spacey movie, 21, where that, that had to resonate with you a little bit. Those college kids, I think, where they're, they're MIT coming to Vegas every weekend, classic movie. You have to have a couple lines from that, don't you? <laughs> I don't know the lines from the movie. The book was a lot better than the movie in that one. But, yeah, that's yeah. the famous MIT blackjack card counting team. And you know what? I, I was really fortunate this past year to go. They have a, a event called the Blackjack Ball here in town that features all kinds of professional gamblers. Uh, and the Blackjack Hall of Fame was voted on there. And, and um, there was a... Uh, John Chang is his real name, and he was the one that the Kevin Spacey character was based on. Went to MIT and ran the blackjack team, and uh, and I got to meet him and listen to some of the old stories. So, so that was fascinating. No, yeah, that that was a great one. Loved it. Is the Blackjack Hall of Fame located anywhere near the Pinball Hall of Fame there on Flamingo? <laughs> Actually, it's at a casino in California <laughs> called the Verona, and um, yeah, I know that. Uh, Max Rubin, Max Rubin, who wrote a book about Comp City, I believe it's called about how to basically get comps in Vegas. Years ago, he wrote a really uh, best-selling book on that, and he also, you know, did some card counting teams, and and they they have a blackjack hall of fame there, and every member gets to have free room, food, and beverage in exchange for agreeing to never play blackjack there. So so do you have to be at least 21 to get in there? Since it is blackjack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Cha-ching. Come on. Our rim guy's rim a little shot. slow there today. There it is. <laughs> Jeez. Delayed reaction to it. All right, man. So uh, I know you know part of the the column that you do is talking to these sports book directors on a regular basis, and I imagine you're just asking them, "Hey, you know, tell us a, a lot about the the big tickets that that have cashed this this week." And I'm sure that you have plenty of stories, some that you could probably report on, others that you can't. Uh, give us some, maybe some of the most bizarre stories since you've been you know writing you know this this article or this column uh, here in Vegas. Well, there's always, you know, the ones that someone puts down 2000 to win 10 bucks on a right. huge money line favorite. And you're like, I just cannot understand that one. A lot of people say when someone does that or, or like, you know, uh, 100 grand to win 
you know, 2000 on uh, the Warriors to make the playoffs or, some, or the Bucks to make the playoffs. There's been several of those. And uh, some people would speculate that it's to just get comps. But when I talk to the guys at the Westgate, they say they don't give out comps based on the amount of the bet, but based on the amount of the win. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, everyone always kind of says, oh, they probably just want a drink ticket or something, but but it's not really based on that. So I don't know if they're just doing it for fun or what. But but then, of course, you know, most people want to put up a little to win a lot. And, and there's definitely been some, uh, some, you know, a bunch of different stories of these huge parlays that have hit. I can't really think of them off the top of my head, but, but there's been a lot of uh, big parlays that have hit. I mean, uh, some, of the, some of the craziest ones are when the pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, people started betting on Russian table tennis and someone hit, you know, some crazy amount, I think like a $50 bet that paid 10 grand or something like that, where he took like, you know, 10 big underdogs in Russian table tennis and hit it. So there's always like, yeah, there's always crazy uh, parlays to win a lot or, or the bets to win a little. And there's always like big bets. Usually uh, bet MGM has, you know, this past week, someone bet 250 grand on the Browns and there was another $105,000 bet on the Browns. And, you know, they also have the losers, 110 grand on the Patriots. They seem to have a bunch of six figure bets every week, just straight up. But the, the more uh, interesting ones are all the big parlays that hit for sure. You mentioned some of the crazy stuff out there, and we know that some of the books and certainly offshore places have had to get really creative. What's some of the crazier sports that you've seen? Because I know like KBA, KBO and Japanese baseball have been bet on. I know I've heard about things. I mean, tennis has been around for a long time, and a lot of people don't realize how much money's wagered on that. But I know there's been sumo wrestling and things as well. Yeah, well, pretty much just what I said. The Russian table tennis yeah. is, uh, and, and just yeah, I was going to mention the Japanese sumo wrestling that uh, William Hill took bets on as well, as has been the two uh, craziest ones that come to mind for me. Yeah, ping pong and sumo wrestling. I don't know how, how much uh, more off the wall stuff you get than that. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for those yeah. badminton odds because badminton's awesome to watch. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Only a badminton. Odd, I think though. they have had that. Yeah, I think they have had betting on that when it was in the Olympics. Yeah, Todd, I remember when you wrote about the 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 Russian table tennis thing, and I know that there had been some some scams and some scandals that people thought with that, as well as the tennis, Frank. And you remember that too. That uh, well, there's going, been tennis scandals a, a few uh, times. It, some yes. players have been basically. I, I know one man, one male player was basically expelled from playing on the ATP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of stories of uh, fixes in tennis. When I did a story a few years ago about spotting, you know, fixes, uh, they said tennis is basically the easiest one because someone could just start playing and then just withdraw with, you know, I got a bad ankle or hurt my foot, and then they forfeit the match, and that's it. So, so yeah, there's been a lot of those. And, and then the Russian table tennis ones, which brings us back to uh, Teddy KGB. Yes, there you go. <laughs> or, or, or I would just bet Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest there can do it go. all. He was a big favorite over that guy from China. Yeah, <laughs> he was exactly. With, with the Dr. Peppers all lined up as well, too. What was the under over on those Dr. Yeah. Peppers? That's what I want to know. I was just going to say, I think there was about, what did he say, four, 12 or 14 of them? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I think the total is 10. I had the under. Yes. Oh. Teddy KGB. You got see, I need to go back and, and watch that movie again. Just I love Teddy KGB. I was just looking up yeah. some quotes before coming on with you to try to find some, you know. <laughs>
Here we go. I will splash the pot whenever I please, right? That was a great one. That's it. I will splash the pot whenever I bleeping please. Let's remember that. There you go. Well, KGB certainly fits in with Russian table tennis. Yes. (laughs) It was a little too obvious that he was, you know, twisting the Oreo cookies, right? Wasn't that a pretty obvious tell? Obvious tell, I guess. But I think when we watched it for the very first time, you know, we knew that it was yeah. a tell, but but actually, what was it when he when he cracked it open, or when he closed it, or set it down? And uh, you know, give it to Mike for figuring it out. You know, a, 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 yeah, a, a beat up yeah. a beat up Mike at that point in time too. And and who's better? Yeah. We haven't even mentioned the worm. I mean, Ed Norton is the worm. Oh, are worm. you are you kidding me? I mean, getting his his ass beat down at the at the lodge or whatever that was, and, and the cops. I mean, that was outstanding stuff oh. there. Oh yeah, worm was the great. <laughs> <laughs> what a degenerate! We talk about degenerates. There you go. And uh, was that a real live? Uh, uh, was it Johnny Chan sighting in the movie? Right, what, what, there in Atlantic City. Yeah, that's where when Mike when Mike tells uh, Kanish, I sat down with Johnny Chan yeah. and I beat him. And then when he shows, he beats him, and he goes. And Johnny Chan tells him, did you have it? I'm sorry, John. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he's like, did you have it? He's like, rags, I had rags. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic. So the check, 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 check. He uh, trapped me. Exactly. Um, I can't believe it. I'm, the, the name is a, a escaping me now, but uh, the gentleman who was in that movie, and he was actually sitting at the table, and he's a, he's a great character actor, and I had him on about a year and a half ago, and we talked about Rounders, and uh, you know who I'm talking about. He was sitting at that table in Atlantic Kevin City. Kevin Polak? No, no, it wasn't Kevin. It wasn't one of the main stars, and again, if I, go, I go, if I go to the cast list, anyway, I've had him on the show before because he was on the... Um, he was on an HBO miniseries, and he played a detective, and he was he was awesome. And we've seen him in a hundred things, uh, Todd. And uh, I will get it. I will get it here. Um, but anyway, so anyway, when I had grandma? him, on, no, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't grandma. <laughs> but it um, again, he had a he had a, he had a, a bit part in Rounders, and he's had some other. Uh, some more major stuff, but a great character actor, the, the straight hair, kind of a, a heavier set guy, parts it off to the side. But anyway, when I had him on the show, we were talking about Rounders, and he was saying that they were in the mix of doing Rounders 2. And this was, like I said, about... Yeah, I've a, heard a, about that for years. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he said that uh, they were just getting you know, uh, Tom, um, uh, Matt Damon to, to sign off on it. And actually, I guess, you know, uh, Matt had uh, had written it, and it was ready to go, and then I don't know whatever happened to it. Yeah, no, I heard about that years for years now. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it either, but, you know, that would be a great one if they could do that. There it Dude, is. You think that Matt Damon's girlfriend would have gave him a little more leeway, right? One night, and even one big, and then she's gone. I know. Bill Camp, there it go. It hit me. Bill Camp. So look him up. Yeah, Bill Camp was in that movie. He was Eisenberg in uh, in Rounders. But, uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Bill oh, Camp. okay. Yeah, good. That, that was great, too, when uh, he's at the lawyer's game and he reads all their hands. And <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. And, and again, I, I don't know how far back you go to some of these sports movies, but and Frank probably remembers uh, this one, you know, the uh, with the James Caan movie going way back when he was uh, – uh, oh, the gambler! The gambler, exactly. One of the classics of all time. Yeah, and they redid that one with uh, Mark Wahlberg. And, well, they redo everything, right? But right. no, the original one, of course, was great with right. James, Jim, Jimmy Kahn. Exactly, exactly, Jimmy Kahn. All right, 
All right, Nub Chuck, I need I'm, me some Teddy KGB before we let Todd go. There we go. You got to do one thing here. Only one thing you have to do. Pay that man his money. There you go. All right. Todd, <laughs> great stuff, man. Uh, go ahead and uh, go ahead and tell our listeners how they can uh, read your stuff and follow you as well. Uh, LVRJ.com or uh, at CDewey33 on Twitter. Appreciate it, TC. It was great talking to you guys. You got it, brother. All right, we'll talk to you real soon. Appreciate it. There he is. He's Todd Dewey from the Las Vegas Review Journal and uh, writing a bunch of great stuff. Basically, you can see his stuff uh, every every Monday with kind of a recap of uh, the big bets, the, the bets that have been cashed, and uh, some of the tickets that have been torn up as well, too. And you want movie quotes? He's your guy, plain and simple. Yeah, a lot of great sports movies out there and everything. And like you said, you know, I, I go back some, too. And, you know, some movies that you don't even necessarily think of as great movies – but they still had great one-liners or something like that. Remember the old Robbie Benson movie, the basketball movie, One on One? Oh, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, when he's talking to the, the one professor hmm. and Robbie Benson's about to tell him, what he, and he's like, I think. And he says, no, you don't. Yeah. Me and, and my brother have used that so many times with people yeah. who've been around, and they look at me like, what? Huh? What? Huh? The one I use in that one is uh, Up Yours with a Red Hot Poker. I think that was in that one. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after after he uh, basically walks out and says, I don't want your scholarship There back. you go. Absolutely. All right, real quick. KBO is over, man. NC Dinos win it 4-2. to two. That was also the series score 4-2. First title for the Dinos, who've been around since 2013. They uh, used three starters in the game, so they sold out for game six. If that had been a game seven, it might have been tough. Then they put their closer in to wrap it up for that 4-2 victory. Dinos, by the way, owned by a software company that makes video games. They're expected to go after a lot of people in the free agent market. Minimum salary in the KBO, 26000 a year. So these guys are not the pampered prima donna billionaires that we have over here. Unbelievable. All right, I want to thank TJ Rees for joining us, Todd Dewey, and as Todd quoted right there, all the way up with a red-hot poker. I can play anywhere I want. That's the full quote. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. We're back at it again tomorrow. We'll catch you then at 2.00.